Greetings, Chief Yuya. Here we are, Chief Yuya podcast. As I said, we're taking it, taking it back. You know, spoke recently on YouTube about that, bringing it back to where we kind of began, which is, you know, listening, 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 listening. So, you know, I wanted to um, start us off. We're going to do a couple segments that are going to help us to kind of um, start to grab hold of this 2021 Gregorian and um, do the best that we can with it, you know, uh, while we're while we're awaiting our real new year to come around for because for many of us, based on our ethnic and cultural traditions, it certainly is not in December or January, I should say, that the the year itself begins. But of course, there are many calendars, and you know, you go by what you know your your um, arc deity tells you to. So, you know, there's something that we we deal with a lot um, in our ministry and our new and just what I deal with a lot in um, counseling work and things like that. And uh, it's detachment, the idea and the concept of um, not only just detaching and letting go, but being able to step aside and see things for what they are based on your ability to get as objective as you can about something, you know, sometimes it's so hard for people because, you know, when you're in the midst of something, especially if you have a certain dysfunction or issue or something like that, it's very difficult to step outside of it and um, see what you're doing in the moment. You know, sometimes in the moment we are very defensive. We're so defensive to the point that we're just blinded by our defensiveness because we are totally enwrapped and encased in what it is that we're doing, you know, and that's kind of like a an uh, an age old dilemma. It's an age old quandary when one starts to question the meaning of their existence or the meaning of the universe. Even, you know, it becomes difficult because you're questioning something that you're currently wrapped inside of. But the very idea of questioning it removes you from it. You know, if you could imagine as a child, uh, if you were <laughs> to constantly ask your parents or your loved ones, what is the meaning of their existence in your life? Why are they there? What are they? Who brought them there? Um, at some point, they would not see you um, as intimately um, close to them as maybe you would like, you know, or, or even they would like, because the more you ask questions like that, the more you create a barrier between you and them. Right. And it, and it's, it's almost an inevitable thing. And like I said, it's a quandary, you know, it's if, if you in, in certain spheres of understanding, the more you learn, um, the more wise you're considered, the more you're able to understand the world. I mean, that's, that's particularly in, in the Western culture, you know, know things, get educated, and then you'll understand things. So a lot of times uh, when you're discussing something with a person and they're having trouble understanding, that's one of the first things they'll tell you. They'll tell you how educated they are. You know, I know about this. Um, <laughs> you know, I and I knew I deal with that a lot. You know, sometimes we're teaching things or I'll bring a subject up. And the first thing people want to tell me is what they know. You know, well, I don't know, but I don't know totally about that. But I do know this. Right. That's that's a very Western way of approaching a situation. Um, when you start dealing more with Eastern wisdom or Eastern philosophy, 
you know, it's more based around the more I learn, the more I recognize that I don't know. And that's what actually signifies my wisdom, you know, how how much I'm able to empty out all of my uh, misconceptions or all of what I static statically, you know, if you will, if you will believe is knowledge that makes me actually more wise. And in the West is the more I know, the more wise I am, you know, Um, or the more I can accumulate, the more information I can accumulate the more wise I am and the more I can understand things. So life becomes um, something that's interpreted or that's processed solely through intellect, you know, and that's difficult. You know, it's difficult to process the mind through the mind. You know, uh, that's like me, you know, saying, okay, you know, what do your teeth taste like? You know, or what do you, what do your teeth taste? What do your teeth feel like when you chew them? You can't really chew your teeth, you know, you, I mean, yeah, if you pulled one out and, and ate it, okay, sure, <laughs> you know, but most probably wouldn't do that, um, you know, voluntarily, you know, for the sake of an experiment, but certain things are so connected to us that it's difficult to truly process them because of how integrated they are, you know, in, in our reality, you know, how integrated they are in, in, um, in our lives. So sometimes certain questions that we ask, we have to come to the conclusion that, Hey, I don't know. And there's really nothing I can do about knowing this. I, there's some things I'm not going to know. And, um, when we overlook that reality, we get kind of caught in this cycle of endless questioning. You know, when, when we can't admit sometimes that, Hey, there's some things that I am not going to know, then we get stuck in, in, this process cycle of always trying to solve different problems and things like that. And, um, you'll come to a conclusion from all of that cyclical thought. And that's existence really has no purpose. Existence really has no meaning, but that's because of what you apply to it because of all of that constant cyclical questioning, you know? So you kind of get caught inside of a trap. And if that's the case, then, um, you know, if it truly, if, if the universe has no purpose and it has no real definition, then the person who's saying it would also have no definition and no purpose as being a part of that same universe, you know? So it's, it's, it's tricky. You know, which way do we go with that? You know, do we go beyond that thought? And then we kind of, do we come to, um, the realization that I can do nothing about what's around me other than observe it, maybe even observe it and enjoy it. Or, you know, um, I'm ultimately a part of this system that it is that um, I'm trying to process with my thought and maybe even with thought, instead of standing outside of it, I can enter it and define it and be it, you know, and experience it and, and, and so forth and so on. Um, but the truth is, you really can't make sense. If the universe truly is mine, you really can't make sense of the universe through the mind. You know, you can't use something that comprises something to understand or to process that same thing. You know, um, the idea and the very notion and paradigm of solving a problem is a function of the universe. You know, um, natural disasters solve problems. They bring balance. You know, we see some of the, 
the the um the behavior of animals within a food chain they solve a problem you know so um your thoughts sometimes are an expression of life solving a problem you know so when you ask questions like or you wonder like well what's the point of this what is this from the very beginning there's a malignment inside of the of the question because the more you ask it the more you distance distance yourself from what it is that you're seeking to figure out you see so it's it's tricky you know it's um it makes me think about lao su who said get rid of knowledge eject wisdom and the people will benefit a hundredfold you know um you start to realize that knowledge and wisdom as some people process it it's actually the thing that distances you from objectively understanding the world and the universe because you're using the same tools of the universe, knowledge and wisdom, right? So, you know, something I, I wanted to place inside of your psyche and um, get get a uh, an internal dialogue going with that one. You know, um, how do we truly process the universe? You know, how do we truly process our philosophical and our and our theosophical studies and our understandings when we're so wrapped up inside of it? And then how does that translate sometimes even within our own dysfunction? You know, when we're doing certain things and they're being pointed out and we just we're so a part of it and it's so integrated in us, we can't even see it. Because we use that same dysfunction to navigate and establish a rhythm for ourselves through our entire life existence. So to extract that from us would be to extract what we consider to be our very placement into the universe. You know, if I feel like lying has allowed me to survive in life or being um, a thief, being covetous, being underhanded, being deceitful, you know, beguiling, you know, all of those different things. If I've used those things and I consider those things to have established my placement and my foothold into the world, and then someone calls me out on that, then it becomes very difficult for me to really see what I'm actually doing because the whole construct of my existence is based around that. So as soon as you you mention it to me, I'm going to use that same construct to try to understand construct to try to understand what it is that you're saying to me. And of course, I'll never see it in the same way you know, you, your teeth can't experience your teeth, you know, um, or your right foot can't experience your right foot, you know, because it's because of the attachment and the connectedness that it has to you. So, um, like I said, we're going to we're going to explore a lot of thoughts that um, I'm not seeking to provide definitive conclusions for you. I want you to start uh, cracking your brain open more. <laughs> you know, in going through that process of, um, you know, not necessarily seeking, but thinking about the things that you may have secured yourself in that are creating a subliminal insecurity of wisdom within you. And, you know, sometimes as a result, we become very defensive um, when those weak. Uh oh, I apologize about that. I meant to turn that off. When those weak strongholds are. Um, in our mind, when they're affronted, when they're attacked, you know, because we're expecting so much, you know, we don't know how to watch. 
We don't know how to stop trying to get things or stop trying to be things. We don't know how to relax. We don't know how to um, experience something without purpose attached to it and understand that that's how we're able to see the lines of the flow. It's very similar to seeing an apparition. When you try to focus on an apparition because you want to see an apparition, you have an ex expectation, you'll never see one. But you so often will see one out of the corner of your eyes late at night when you're in your home working and you're in the office. You'll see something move out of the corner of your eyes, you know, because you're just in the flow of whatever it is that you're doing at the moment, you know, and, and you're not um, seeking to um, have something more to to obtain and knowing. All right. All right. So that's all I wanted to share. You know, um, I'll be back very soon. You know, I'm going to commit myself to regular schedule. Like I shared on YouTube, uh, I want you all to maybe get away from your screens a little bit, you know, and if you don't, that's, you know, <laughs> you know, you're allowed to do what you want, but, uh, I don't want to contribute to that. We're staring at these screens too much and we're seeing too much, um, phoniness, whether it's generated by machine learning or generated by those who have learned to use um, research data to figure out what it is that you want to see and you want to watch to keep you distracted the most from actually doing the things that will um, remove you from the traps and to create a real um, state of um, non-tension. And to remove you out of this kind of root feeling of, of ego, you know, that cr maintains a marriage to illusion and a marriage to fertility, futility. So I don't want to contribute to that. And, um, you know, again, if that's what you need to do or you feel to do, you know, go right ahead. But um, we're going to do something a little different and you can listen to these segments while you're looking around you and you're ready and you're astute. And you have an attitude that's uh, committed to uh, the perseverance and the um, evolution of your life and realizing that and understand that there's no alternative to your evolution, you know. So with that, this is Chief Yuya signing out. Feel free to I'm still on my IG block. <laughs> you know, some people have been saying to me, you know, I thought you blocked me. I couldn't at you. You can't at me because I've been blocked since last year, June. So I, I guess it's it's just what it is, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's still happening. But feel free to um, follow the other platforms. And, you know, definitely um, for Anu Life Global Ministries, we've been doing a, a, um, every seventh day or what some of you call uh, Friday. Um, session where we've just been sharing some information and as well as on fifth, um, seventh days, you know, as well, um, we do a public thing and I've been putting some videos up there too, of our inner Sabbat calls, just kind of letting people know, let you know, you know, some of the, the topics that we build on and, you know, just some of it, just a little, little, little bit, <laughs> you know, because, um, a lot of times our Sabbat calls sometimes are like four or five hours, you know, so people don't want to get off, get, get off the line, you know, but, um, so I've just been sharing like maybe an hour's worth or whatever, but, you know, feel free to definitely go over to that, um, channel and, and subscribe as well as to the, um, social media, which is a, um, Anu Life GM, A N U 
L-I-F-E-G-M. So that way you can also be informed too when we open up applications for joining. People have been asking about that as well. All right. So I'm out of here. (laughs) Chief Yuya. All right, everyone. uh, Be well, be smart and be wise. Okay. Take care.